Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Viking Stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. You like that? I want to do it. You like it? Yeah. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Yes, welcome in to a live feedback Friday here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Purple Daily is daily Vikings entertainment. Even in the dead of the offseason, we're here giving you things like a Kevin O'Connell interview yesterday. We hope you guys got a chance to uh, to enjoy that. And if you haven't, you can check it out either on the Purple Daily YouTube channel or podcast feeds. This show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com and inspire greatness with TCL and Feedback Fridays presented by Surly Brewing Company's Before I Die. Is it a Session Pilsner? Can we call it a Session Pilsner? Yes, it is. Session Pils? Yep, yep. It's a, uh, let's see, I am examining a can right now, 4.5% alcohol, so it's not too much, but it's absolutely perfect. Got it right here. This is the can. These are in liquor stores right now. If you bought Before I Die, Last year, you will notice a new design, and as well, uh, when it comes to this fine beer, they are now being sold in your local liquor store in 12-packs, so you can get 12-packs. Now, I think last year was ex- exclusively six, but anyway, the mission Before I Die, which has been ours for quite some time, is also a mission that you can drink to, cheers a beer to tonight. Check it out, Before I Die, in your liquor stores now, and I believe in select bars as well. I saw it on tap at a golf at, when I was golfing last Friday when I had the day nice. off. Saw it on tap, got the turn, got it before I die. Loving it. Great it was fun. on tap the last time I went to Ike's at the airport. It's yep. funny. I think I told you guys a story, but this has now happened two different times where a server will all order the beer and then the server will say like, "Oh yeah, do you know the back the backstory on that?" I'm like, "Do you tell?" Yes. Yeah. Please no. Tell me. What do you What do you think the backstory? That's nice. Is? That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, you can find it all over the place. So the the first round of feedback here, and you guys can always hit the best place to hit us up is through the Scornorth app. There is a feedback tab, and that's the best way you can you can send a note to Declan to get on write that down. You can send thoughts, conspiracy theories about football. You can send us critiques, trade ideas, whatever, and we get to as many of them as possible on Feedback Friday here. But the first batch is all in reaction to the KOC interview on our show yesterday, I think people just generally love Kevin O'Connell. He just, and I I agree. He just kind of comes off 
as a really good, likable human, mm-hmm. a relatable guy. And Earl Abbott chimes in with the first comment here, says, I just want to say how diametrically opposite Kevin O'Connell and Mike Zimmer are. One is affable, honest, funny, respectful, and diplomatic. Well, the other one is, pardon my French, a dick. Wow. <laughs> just an, just an observation. <laughs> so your thoughts on the, the opposite personalities of the last two Vikings head coaches? Well, let's keep in mind, uh, pre-Kirk, from 2014 to 18 or 17, things worked out with Mike pretty well. Was he gruff? Absolutely. Did they win games? Yes, they did. Um, the last two years with Mike were not fun. And I thought that the 2021 season was absolutely miserable. And Kevin has uh, come in, breath of fresh air, very much a coach for today's players. So, yes, Kevin is a good guy. He And, and I think he totally gets it, and I think he's very smart. He's very competitive, too. Like, don't let the sunny exterior fool you. If he needs to get mad, he can get mad. But, you know... I feel like the end of Mike has colored now how we all like, oh, Mike was a, Mike was this and that. And, yeah, it was bad, but there were a lot of good years. And, Phil, we did it entire segments in, in you know, 2014 and 15 and 16 about how effective Mike was. And that defense was great. So I would urge you, don't forget that Mike had some good days and that that gruff exterior actually at one point worked pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah, I it did, and it, it. I think it's hard sometimes when when things go south at the end of a coaching tenure or GM tenure. It's hard for it not to be the lasting memory, sure. Because the first five or six years of Mike Zimmer, nobody wanted him fired. Everybody lauded the hard nosed approach. They were tough minded team. They were playing outdoors the first year or two, right? The first, well, I think it was the first year of Mike Zimmer. They're playing outside, you know, twenty below zero in a playoff game. And they developed a certain personality. So I guess I'm going to try my best to not just crap on Mike Zimmer every time Kevin O'Connell does or says something great. Because there was a nice little five, six-year run, and Mike Zimmer at some point should be celebrated as one of the better head coaches. He's, he's definitely one of like the four best head coaches in in Vikings football history. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Bulldog LLC chimes in says how in the world did you fools get the head coach on your show <laughs> judd loves when people yeah. ask questions yeah, like this. this one i got nothing for this like, i i, no, I, I did this ahead, last year the... i did i did this there's a lot of people year. that weren't listening to us last year or weren't watching us last year well I, but i don't want to and are wondering how did these fools I get kevin o'connell get on their little on their little rinky dinky podcast it's a major media company that does a Viking show, okay? And this is where the future is going. So, yeah, you know what? We got him on because we have a relationship with the team and with the coach, and it's not an act of God. Now, can we get, get him on all the time? Absolutely He thought it not. was K-Fan, actually. We tricked yeah, him. That's what yeah. happened. No, he was thrilled. But anyway, no, you know what? We appreciate the, the, the help of guys like John Ekstrom, of the Vikings PR department who enabled us to set that, that up, but we are not doing this podcast from my basement, no matter what it looks like behind me, because this is my, what, yeah. What floor room. is this on actually? Is it on the first the, floor? Is that the, do you have a basement? Yeah. I've never been invited inside your house. Even yeah, though we've known each other. You don't like want to come in. Years. You don't want to come in. So, you, might, so you, you yeah. don't have a basement. 
I do have a basement. You do, okay. But it's mostly just storage. Stuff I was just right going to clarify because if this was the bottom floor, technically it would be. Oh no, no, I do have a. Ba- I do have a basement. This is my room. Okay. Where I have my my room. office got flipped. I was telling Phil this, Judd. So like, what, we moved into this house, and I was in the bedroom to the left, to the stairs, and then. I was golfing last weekend, and my loving fiance said, "Like I have something really important to ask you, and please don't get mad." And I'm like, "Oh God, what the? What's she gonna? What bombshell is she gonna drop on me here?" Yeah. Hey, yeah. can I flip your office to the other bedroom? Because the other bedroom fits a queen size bed better for the guest bed. I was like, "That's that's how we set that up." How many you want different to flip my office? W- w- worst things were well, going through your second. head in that God. one. I'm cheating with the mailman. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna defend her though, Declan. Your your um, patience is so thin. Like, you could be set off by a very, like, I flipped the freezer, and you might flip yourself. So, I don't know. Like, your patience is at an all-time low right now. So Yeah, she's well, walking yeah, on eggshells. She's walking on eggshells. Egg You're here. making your house live in hell, Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Need to chill out, Dex. Need to chill out, maybe. I mean, she's afraid <laughs> to ask you. Look at yourself. Look inside <laughs> when she's afraid to ask you about flipping a damn room. And have more patience with me, too. Oh, that's what this is about. No, I mean, it can't hurt. Whoa. Do you guys need to have a therapy session right it's now? It's always about me. No, I mean, he's fine, but I'm, I'm just saying his patience has, his patience used to be very, very long, but as he's become more secure, it's gotten shorter. And you know what? <laughs> what? Same thing with the gal. Same thing with the gal. I mean, now I've you're engaged. Had, I've always had pretty terrible patience. No, I mean, but, you but you hit it. But you hit it. But you hit it previously. And now there's an and now there's like a delay on Declan's end, so it's even more awkward. Yeah. There's yeah, some what, tension. What there's tension between you guys, and I'm the de- and the there's... internet delay is making it seem even worse. It's like like Declan yeah. isn't responding to you. Um, but yeah, if no, you there's, get there's yeah, a delay for you guys too. If we need to uh, block out some therapy time for you guys at some All point, right. we can. Okay, the next question here is from Dave in Duluth. Here is a Feedback Friday question I think I know the answer to in a broad sense, but I wanted a little more perspective from guys who have worked the beat. And, yes, we have the former lead Vikings beat writer from the Star Tribune and also from 1500ESPN.com back in the day. So when you're covering a beat and you're asking a coach about a particular decision during a game that went poorly, what stops you from asking really pointed questions like, hey, Rocco, Emilio Pagan, what the hell, dude? Or Rocco, regarding Pagan, do you guys think we're stupid or something? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or apply your football example, right? Uh, I know why you can't be that direct, but do you guys have any stories about how you've pushed that envelope in the past as a beat writer and how it went over? Keep up the good work. And don't worry, Declan, Duluth isn't for everyone, but I bet we could show you a good time up here. Dave from Duluth. So, like, you're not going to be, you don't, need to be for the most part there are times where it changes it's ordinarily not game stuff uh you don't i don't need think need to be confrontational um you do but there's appointed questions not confrontational in in my opinion like it can be uncomfortable but it's not confrontational um but i mean here here's a perfect example of one that actually went just fine so in when the vikings lost the 2009 nfc title game against the saints um, it was on deadline. So like I had to, to file my story, get downstairs, which was a haul from the press box at the Superdome. And by the time I got downstairs, Childers had basically talked because the game was a disaster. So like he just went, went in and did his, his 
press conference. And so we never really got that night to ask about 12 men in the huddle. Um, the follow or the at his end of the season press conference that had to be asked. And I asked, and he actually at that time said, I'm glad you asked. I'd like to clarify it. So like, it was sort of an uncomfortable question, but like, am I going to say, what, do you remember what your question was? I was said it, with, was it, Hey, do you think you deserve to be fired for well, the right, idiotic exactly. move of not. having 12 men on the field? I think it was, why we, should you keep your job, Brad? I think it was, we've heard the ta he was the extra man. I'd like you to explain that. And he's, and he said, I'm glad that you asked the question, but the thing about it is, you know, you can't, you're not going to ask a disrespectful question off of a game thing because the coach is just going to get pissed off and probably not answer said question. What you want, and Phil, you, you no, no, that's going back to Guardy. What you want is you want the answer. And if you're confrontational, you're going to get shut down. Correct. And it's that not about helps you. nobody. It's, exactly. It, when you're a beat writer, you are, you are a ghost. Like you are, it is your job. And sometimes people maybe make fun of the way, well, I'll say two things. One, sometimes people maybe make fun of the way obvious questions are. Like, why would you even ask that question? What answer were you hoping to get? And the answer to that is an answer. Like, right. you're you're trying to get information so you can you can include color and context in articles. I do think there is a little bit of a more of a fear of confrontation in today's age. I think because if you're third party media, for instance, you're not like vikings.com or whatever it may be. Yeah. They don't need you as much as they did for a hundred years before social media and before websites. If they wanted to get, they meaning like a team or a player or whatever, if they wanted to get a quote out or a message out, they had to go through third party media because they couldn't just go on their Instagram account or go on the website or whatever. So you could get away with being a little bit more cantankerous or maybe a little bit more, you could be more critical or whatever and they might get pissed, but they they know at the end of the day, if I want to get a quote out, I got to go through the Star Tribune to reach the most people. Mm-hmm. And that's not that leverage is dwindling by the day when it comes to those relationships. So it's a little bit more of a tricky dance. But like ultimately, your job is to ask questions that get. And if you're if you're because, again, fans oftentimes want the beat writer to be the voice of the fan in the question as well, which is. Why are you still employed? You're a clown, right? Like, go at them hard. Well, but but you have to maintain some relationships. You can still be there on a daily basis. So it is a delicate dance. And you can you can fire that question off. You just have to make damn sure it, it's in the proper place. So, like, if a coach doesn't go for it on fourth down, ask about it. That's awesome or something. But you know, you can't be like that was the stupidest thing I've seen because like now you're. Now you're firing bullets that are going to cost you and you get nothing back. So you tell me this, you tell me that. Now, I will give you a couple of examples here of when it was profitable or the smart move to go after a uh, coach. When Childress did the whole... Judd getting replaced by AI. AI. I could be, I could be, I could be. You never know. So when, (laughs) when... Children did the press conference the day after the Moss debacle game against the Patriots. And he had released Moss. And he was asked about, like, because the press conference was, was weird. And I recall Bob Sansevier finally said, have you released him? And Brad's like, no, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, he had. So the Wednesday after that, I decided, screw it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to 
go after Childress because he just flat out lied. And it wasn't a small lie. It was a big bleeping lie. Yeah. And so I did it. And and in, in that case, I felt like I was the voice of the fan because my question was, you can lie to us, but you got up here in front of everybody and just lied to to the to the fans about a Viking who's a huge Viking. I mean, it's Randy Bleep and Moss. You didn't release Chris Cluey. And so in that case, I decided, screw it. But you can't do that every single time. And then just show up the next day. Hey, it's me again. And, and oh, I recall, you still work here, guy? Yeah, I'm going to get your ass fired on behalf of the fans. And in a side session back in, what, what's the year that Frazier won three games? Is that 2012 or 11? 11. Right. Uh, 11, 11, right? 12, so, 12 was the 2,000 yard. In a side session with Leslie, and I mean, we're talking about the greatest guy in the world. I finally asked, I think they were sitting at three and third or three and like 12 or something. And I said, all due respect, Les, have you gotten an answer about your job? Because you have three wins right now. Like, that's not a. That's not a six-win season. You're sitting on three wins. Hater. And he looked at, and, and this is not with the cameras there, and he looked at, at me and said, Judd, leave it alone. You got to leave this alone. And it was a fine exchange. But, I mean, there are some times where you have to ask really pointed, tough questions, yeah. but you can't do it like after game three against the Buccaneers. So another th- one thing I learned covering the Minnesota Twins back 10 years ago, that's kind of how I got my foray into doing daily radio and stuff is on the baseball side. And you mentioned that the cameras weren't there for Leslie Frazier. There is a thing about the cameras being there and not because when the cameras are there, it's more of, it's more distribution. Now you're on video. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's live. And and I remember covering Ron Gardenhire, the the twins manager, they would always do the, the the post-game press conferences would always start with, the Fox Sports North or now Valley Sports North cameras, right? And and there'd be a bright light in his face, and he's kind of hopped up, and he's he knows he's on live TV answering questions. Yep. And if if something went haywire in the game, or there maybe was a bad managerial decision or something, he hated when you asked that pointed question when the cameras were rolling, because in his mind, are you trying to? And I I don't. Sometimes he was a little oversensitive, but are you trying to make me look bad on live TV? Kind of a thing. Right. As if it's theatrical. So I and other writers kind of learned once the camera's off and it Mm -hmm. relaxes a little bit, or even after maybe if it's even a really pointed thing or it's you're going to write about something specific and you want clarification, you can wait till everyone kind of goes away and then pull him off to the side and say, hey, can you clarify this decision that you made here? And sometimes they're going to hate you for poking, but it's there's a human dynamic and a human element to to walk on these beats. By the way, Dave from Duluth, that turned out to be a great question. That is the uh, the surly cheers of the show here, the before I die question of the day here. Yeah, there's there, a total glorious can. There's a total game with that. Like even in Vikings locker rooms, when I've had to do like phone interviews with ESPN Radio, which by the way, in its own right, is a very difficult job to do because you have to convince a player to do an interview on your own cell phone with people he doesn't see or know. Uh, but there was a total game of. All right, if I can get the guys that I want, but also I have to get them strategically because once once one person hovers to a player, it's literally everyone else starts to huddle. And then you got five TV cameras. Then you got people asking questions. So there was literally a game of trying to figure out how do I want to do this? Do I want to do it before the scrum happens? Do I want to pull him aside afterwards? And he's probably already exhausted with it. It's a total game. It's hard. 
Yeah, you just like these are human beings at the end of the day. And sometimes as fans and media, you're watching things happen on TV or whatever. And it's like, no, these are these are humans and they're going to react as humans. Uh, Buck, Buck Nasty chimes in here. All right. Buck Nasty. Like WCW. <laughs> it does sound like a like a mid 90s, maybe like a like a second iteration of NWO member, like the yeah. seventh guy in NWO. Uh, or Buck Nasty. Here it comes. Score North is fully aware they cannot grab eyeballs in a market dominated by K-Fan Radio. Therefore, they must say shock jock statements in order to gain relevancy. Then they say media in the Twin Cities is soft to support their claims. They figured Buck it out. Nasty. Buck Nasty figured us out. He figured out the Rubik's Cube. Uh, see ya. Oh, man. Well, Stella, let's get a job. It's over. Checkmate. Yep. Buck nasty. Yep. Yep. Shock shot. Coming this, up next. This might be a good time to remind Buck nasty that uh, Purple Daily has now charted 17 straight weeks in the top 15 among Apple's national football podcast list. That's right. Get the flag. There's the flag with the beer. Look at that. What a perfect <laughs> flag. Get out on that Bennington. That's fun. <laughs> get out on that. Just get out on that Bennington. Get on out there. Uh, or or maybe get on a good weight loss plan. You could tell the audience how they can do that. Oh, absolutely. If you are, are trying yeah. to drop that, that weight, you know what? It's never too late. In fact, you, you can start today. So you can go from the guy on the left. That's Sports Dad. That's Sports Dad on the right. What happened, Sports Dad? You say, I'm going to tell you right now. It is thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me a couple of years ago now drop 40 pounds. They can help you do the exact same thing. And here's the most important thing. They're going to help you keep that weight off. Exactly. So you're going to lose the weight and you're going to keep it off. And now you're saying, how do I get started? And do you have a deal for me, Judd? A summer deal. And I absolutely do. First eight weeks are free if you contact them today. First eight weeks for free. So you're down, let's say, 15 to 20 pounds. And you haven't paid a dime yet. That's how this works. Livia.com, um, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Lose that weight. Keep it off. Feel great for summer. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Okay, Kyle P. chimes in. This is a doozy here. Thought experiment. If it absolutely guaranteed the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft, would you trade Justin Jefferson? Oh, oh, oh. oh I love who, who's this from again? I can't recall his name again. And you <laughs> just read guess. it. Three guesses. I can't. I didn't even listen. But 
Just okay, get three guesses. Let's see uh, if you Dan. can get it. Dan, no. Um, John. Uh, Charlie. No, not Charlie. It was Kyle. Kyle P. Wants to know, okay, if you guaranteed the number one overall pick oh God, in the 2024 draft, would you trade Justin Jefferson? Caleb Williams. It's a general. Oh, my it's God. It's an instant yes for me, and I love Justin I Jefferson say, is, a, I, is a Hall of Famer in the future, but Caleb Williams is next level, so I, I, would, it, I would do this. I think so. I think you have to, don't you? Yeah, I think you got to. I think you have to. <sighs> I would do it. That was good. good yeah, I, like Caleb Williams – by all accounts and measurements is he's, he's one of those like once every five years kind right. of sure things where the, his floor is going to be, you know, pro bowls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he is, by the way, I was looking at this on pro football focus. He is the number one quarterback against pressure. So he is, when he gets pressured, he's still incredible. And, uh, you know, he's playing a tough schedule. So I would, uh, if, if it was one of the best young quarterbacks in the world on a rookie scale contract for five years, sorry, JJ. Got Jordan Addison too. I mean, those guys. You know, he's, he's college small wide guy. receiver. A small guy. I mean, yeah. obviously, JJ's the probably the best wide out in the game. But it, it's a it's the type of game now in the NFL where you can find wide receivers. Like KJ Osborne's a fifth round pick, and he's certainly not a number one bona fide stud. But you can find good wide receivers in the NFL now. I you have to do this. I yeah. think you'd have to. I mean, he's a great player, but yeah, generational quarterback potential. Woo. Make the call. I Make love call. that question, Charlie. Jake T says, what's up, boys? I know we've been talking a lot about Daniil Hunter, and a lot of the fan base seems to want to get rid of him, and I'm not sure why. They say he's injury-prone when that's just simply not true. Irv Smith is an injury-prone player. That's not what Daniil Hunter is. He's had a couple freak injuries, showed no signs of struggle playing all 18 games last year, including the playoff game. Uh, why does it seem like Vikings fans are trying to cope with losing Daniil Hunter by saying he's not good or injury prone when he was like one of three good defensive players we had last year? And just saying it's because we had the 31st ranked defense doesn't matter. It's a lazy cop out. Um, yeah. What What do you think of of this sort of, well, he's injury prone. He wasn't really that good compared to before the injury. I have not seen a ton of that. So I, I have actually... I feel like I've seen more Vikings fans that want to keep him than I have get rid of him. Um, but yeah, I just don't, my personal opinion is he's in that in between zone where you are not going to maximize the return and he's still good enough to help you. And the Vikings are going to be, I think a competitive team. So yeah, I have, I have not seen a bunch of, of Vikings fans dump on Daniil specifically, but I will say that I am in the camp of I would look for a way to keep him. Yeah, you got. I think you got to keep him a little bit here too. He's it stunk because he was injured to the prime of his career, which we talk we'll talk about on the Saturday Checkdown episode too, uh, where he just missed a season and a half where he was on a pace to be a, a Hall of Fame level pass rusher. And could he still get there? Certainly. Uh, and those injuries are are weird neck and a pec injury, but it's also football, man. Like people get hurt. It, the, Kirk, the fact Kirk Cousins hasn't missed a game outside of COVID is remarkable. It's just insane. Yeah, I think. Well, I think I think it is true that Daniil's not the same player he was three years ago, and maybe the injuries, or maybe maybe it was the scheme. We might find out that in Brian Flores' scheme, oh, all yeah. of a sudden he's back to being not like the tenth best edge rusher, but 
back in that mix with T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa and these other guys. Yeah. He had 10 and a half sacks in what we considered to not be a great year. Mm -hmm. That's still pretty damn good. And he still was like eighth in pressures or something. Yes. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's probably some fans that are, that are bracing because it does seem like there's some tension between him and the organization. But I think the betting odds are he'll be back with a new contract. John Anderson says, can you guys explain your thought process on the Cousins situation? Meaning, why don't you think we can just let him go next March and move on and draft our quarterback? Why do we need Cousins around to tutor the next quarterback? Um, and then he kind of lists a couple other examples. Thoughts? Well, first of all, um, I have never said, in, in fact, personally, I have said the opposite. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to help develop his replacement, okay? So the tutor thing, no. All we have said, I think, especially me, speaking for myself, all I have said is I think that there's a chance that Kirk Cousins continues to be the quarterback if they don't find a replacement. Um, I've also said that it could be a bridge. But keep in mind, if you're talking about drafting the next QB, you got to be damn sure it's the right guy. The ponder thing is the cautionary tale, and I know that was awful, but the ponder thing was a pick where it, it's like we're going to draft a quarterback and we're going to play him, and guess what? It didn't work, and so I just I don't dislike Kirk enough to say he has to be gone no matter what, but I don't think that I've like been in, in his corner in some big way either. I just... I don't know what the answer is, and I don't think that the Vikings do, and I think it's very fair to say that there are several doors from which they might have to choose from, but one thing is I don't think that they're purposely ever going to get bad. Sorry, I would personally probably at some point, I don't think that they're going to do that. If they win three games, something's just gone wrong. That's not a predetermined let's tank. Yeah, it's a, it's the fear of the unknown, and that, I mean that's that's what they are probably – tepid to do and that's why it's it's scary to get rid of Kirk Cousins like you have a nice really reliable car well you could move on that car and buy a new one but could be more expensive down the road there could be problems down the road with it but it's the fear of the unknown that's why they they aren't committal yet on getting rid of them and that's why they have to that's the big decision they'll have to make in March is do they want to enter the unknown territory outside of Kirk Cousins yeah and if you're ranking reasons to let's say extend Kirk for another year. And by the way, at this point, I'm not sure he would just sign up for a one year extension. I think if you're him now, right. You're and you, you can, it's the middle of June. You've already gotten past sort of the uncomfortable conversation from March and April that, Hey, we're not going to, or from February and March, we're not going to give you an extension. Well, now you're nine months away from just being able to hit the market, whether you go back to Minnesota or, you can get three interested teams in a bidding war. I'm saying, like, this is what his mindset probably is. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if I don't even know that he, unless it's a two or three year contract, I don't know that he would want to come back on a one year contract. So that's something to consider. But then on the other side, let's say you do lock him in for one more year somehow. The reasons you would do that don't start with mentoring his replacement. No, nothing to do with that. I think it would be, hey, we're not confident that we can keep winning. 8, 9, 10, 11 games and flirting with division titles with a rookie quarterback, so we want the insurance policy of having a good, solid veteran. It would be more for, like, winning the most games. It wouldn't be, hey, Kirk, can we sign you for 
$40 million for one more year to be a $40 million mentor to, you know, fill in your first round quarterback that you trade up for. I, so no, I don't think it's a prerequisite that he has to be around when you draft the next quarterback. And can we get past that too? I'm so sick of that. The mentor thing, right? Favre wouldn't mentor Rogers and Rogers didn't really mentor love and blah, blah, blah. Why would you like, like when did it become the responsibility of the incumbent to mentor his replacement? Like, if you think about it, it makes no sense. Now, if he does, that's awesome. That probably makes him a great guy. But, like, this whole thing of, and, and as I keep saying, you hire Kevin O'Connell to mentor that kid. That's Amen. why you hire O'Connell. He's the yep. mentor. The offensive coaching staff, the mentors. But this whole thing that we have fell in love with of, well, Favre didn't mentor Rodgers. That makes Favre a bet. No, he didn't want to lose his job, and it's not his job. He's not paid to mentor. He's paid to try to win football games. Yep. You can be cordial and you can be nice yeah. and you can answer questions. If the, but if it were me in that situation, if if in the NFL, if I were Kirk Cousins and hey, I might only have five more years left or whatever it is, I'm not actively looking to replace myself. I would be cordial. I would be nice. If if that quarterback, if Jaron Hall had a question for me, I will answer the question. But I'm not going to go out of my way to like make him awesome. <laughs> Well, and it doesn't, someone, it doesn't even really help the team that much, I guess, unless you get no. hurt and he comes in and has to win some games until you get back, you know? You know, if some hot take punk knocked on my door right now and said, the Hubbards just hired me and eventually I'm going to replace you, Mr. Zuglad, I wouldn't sit here and be, be like, okay, Zuglad. here's how you give a hot take, kid. You know? I'd be like... <laughs> so what happens on well, Purple Access you when, when, you, when you have Tyler Fornis on? Are you just, are you just steering him in wrong directions? No, I see I mean, Tyler Ty- as Tyler a, Fornis could be a job replacement a someday. Tyler's of no, no. Tyler has a different skill set, and he brings something. Oh, no. I'm saying defo- if oh. you hired if you hired the next Judd, I ain't gonna help that kid. That's it. Brett Favre once said Aaron Rodgers has a different skill set. Okay, I think I'm I think I'm okay here. Tyler brings <laughs> the uh, the film watching, the draft perspective. Those are things that I don't bring as much. Edward Joseph says, with Lewis Seen seemingly not able to surpass Cam Bynum, Jordan Addison already being a no-show so early on and snubbing the sports dad, and with Ty Chandler (laughs) not being able to land the number two running back thus far, or the number two running back spot, is it fair to have serious concerns about Kwesi's decision-making and ability to identify and draft players? Now that is a great question. I think the jury's out. I think the jury is out. No question about that. Um, you know, when it comes to scene so far. Um, now, am I going to sit here a year plus in, two years in a pro- no, a year plus in, and hammer crazy? Absolutely not. But I do. But I do think that what he is saying is definitely worth keeping an eye on. That's a little concerning. I mean, uh, especially to now with Addison, um, and I know he's probably clearly banged up it's it was seen you know he was just behind the eight ball from the get-go and then we were trying to figure out well is it donatelle's fault is it scene's fault then he breaks his leg in a gruesome injury in london he gets set behind there it's a lot of circumstance i thought were working against lewis scene uh, but you certainly don't want to see someone like addison also if he is indeed healthy by the time training camp rolls around can't beat out you know kj osborne or can't beat out someone for uh, a number wide receiver three or make a significant impact because you can't just keep missing on high first round picks. I need to see like eight games of this season before I start to really I agree. judge the 2022 and 23 drafts. If we get to like week eight or week nine 
and Lewis seen as a special teams player, and Jordan Addison has 15 catches, and Ty Chandler is really doing nothing, he's not the backup running back, then I'll, I'll start to have major questions. Here's a great trivia question from Tim G. I see a lot of fans complaining about the Dalvin Cook release, but here's why cutting a Pro Bowl running back is a winning move by the Vikings. Since 2000, only four teams have won the Super Bowl while having a Pro Bowl running back. Can you guys name those four teams? Since 2000? Since the year, since the year 2000, only four teams oh. have, have won the Super Bowl with a Pro Bowl running back from that season. Jamal and Lewis? I'm trusting this research, by the way. Uh, Jamal Lewis is a good guess. It's a really good guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see here. You're, you're really, cl- you're kind of. Oh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. He's really good with the Rams. Oh no, Rams didn't win a Super Bowl. Whoa. They went wow. To the yeah. No. Lost. No, I didn't. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know. Oh, uh, Marshawn. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn There's Lynch. one. Okay. Got momentum. <clears throat> momentum. Okay. You know, did this guy make the Pro Bowl? Did Ray Rice make the Pro Bowl when the Ravens won? There's two. Nice. Two more. Very nice. The other two are from, by the way, it hasn't happened in 10 years. Marshawn Lynch was the last one. Right, These other poll. two are from further back. Here's a poll. Ryan, uh, was it, who was uh, the Packers running back in 2010? Ryan Grant? Is that who it was? It's a good guess, but it's not Ryan Grant. Okay. Bowl winners, Patriots running backs. I mean, there's a bunch there's of a, there is a there is a Patriots running in. back in here. Hmm. Legarrette Blunt, further back, further back. Man, this uh, is like the the first chunk of the dynasty. Well, not Maroney. That was middle. Um, I believe this player once actually set the record for rushing yards in a game. Oh, oh, cat. Well, no, in a game. I think so. I think I he know. held it one at one point. Maybe I'm Kevin, wrong on this. Uh, so. Kevin Dillon. What, no, Dylan. Corey, Corey, Corey Dylan. Corey Dylan. Corey Dylan. Did Corey Dylan break the record one time? Or am I, hmm. what, or am I smoking something? Hmm. Hold on. Now we got to Google it. The other one is Mike Allstott, by the way. Oh, never gotten that one. Great running back. Or fullback. Mike Allstott was more of a fullback. Yeah. yeah. He... Corey Dylan once ran for 278 yards in a game against the Broncos in 2000. It was okay. the single game rushing record for. What seven years until, or did Jamal Lewis? Jamal Lewis broke, broke the it, record, and, and then, then Adrian Adrian Peterson. broke Jamal Lewis's record because Chester Jeez. Taylor was on both teams. Is that Adrian Peterson record completely untouchable at this point? Probably, yeah. Because the game that shifts it, back to a dominant bell cow, yeah, running back. Yeah, I would say so. I, I would say or someone like, busts off like two ninety-yard yep. runs in the same that's game. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's going to be like a guy who busts out two eighty-yard runs and then just kind of chunks his way through there from there. Yes. Okay. Drew V says really vibing with the content recently. Nice. Thank you, Drew. Drew, I love the community building that you guys are doing. Listening to movie rewinds also is fantastic. You can find movie rewinds with Mackie and Judd anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, Romcom rewind. We're going to record today. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'm really excited about the Netflix series quarterback that comes out here in about a month. Yep. One idea would be if you guys had a set day or segment every week to give your reactions to that week's quarterback episode. Would love to feel like I'm following along with you guys. It would give me another thing to look forward to on your content. So I think they're going to dump all those episodes at once. 
mm-hmm. on is it July twelfth? It's eight yep. episodes, forty five minute episodes. So we're trying to we're, we were just talking off Mike yesterday. How do we ha- if they dump all the episodes? We're gonna probably try and binge the whole thing. We'll give it like a twenty four hour window, and then we'll probably just do a couple episodes reacting to it. I don't know. Like if it's weekly, that'd be better because then we could just make it an eight week reaction thing. But we're probably going to binge it and then just do a couple reaction episodes and dump them in the feed. Unless you guys have better ideas than that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it it stinks with with it coming out in one. Cause I would love to do an episode by episode breakdown. Kind of like we did uh, when, when the last dance came out in the middle of COVID when there was nothing going on and that was a a huge deal, but we have to kind of strategize and think how we want to, so we could do two, two or three at a time as well. Ooh. Yeah. You know, what if we trying did to four... do a ton? Because I think it, I think if we try and encapsulate it all in two episodes, Rare. that it'd be too much. Maybe it is. We do episode one and two, right? One and then episodes three and four or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Little okay. tease too makes people wait. If there was good things in episode seven or something, you know, we can build it up. Yes. So that's the feedback batch here nice. for uh, for this week on Purple Daily, presented by our friends at Surly, the Before I Die Glorious Pilsner. It's right there. It's right there. And it's at your local liquor store right now. 12 packs. <laughs> fine session beer. A fine, fine session beer. So, yeah, you can always hit us up throughout the week. We stockpile as many as we can uh, for Feedback Friday. And yeah, if you're watching us live here, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, you can help us spread the word about this awesome community. And then in about, I don't know, 12 minutes from now, a little bit before the top of uh, the 11 o'clock hour central time, we will also be live on the Score North YouTube channel as part of our live Feedback Friday extravaganza. So thanks for hanging out with us. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.